Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Here we are uh, in our second in a series, Stronger Bonds. And last week we spoke to you about having and building stronger bonds according to God's Word for your family. And uh, that was a great time together. We're, we're speaking about today building stronger bonds in your marriage. So I'm excited today to be teaching these principles uh, with my love and my wife, uh, which next Sunday, February 24th, is our 23rd wedding anniversary. So at this point in my life, I've been married to this lady longer than I have not. Right? Absolutely. I was 20 years old when we got married, and, and we've been married for 23 years. So, yeah, so we, we have not been married forever, um, but we've been married most of our adult life, and it has not always been perfect, uh, but it just gets better and better every day, and I'm so thankful for her and uh, just appreciative to be sharing this time together. So this message started as a conversation between the two of us that went something like this. Hey, we haven't been married forever, but we've been married longer you know, at this point in our lives than we've not been. So what are some of the key strengths that have been essential uh, in our relationship and what seems to be absent maybe in some other relationships? So we, we, the outcome of that conversation yielded for us about four things that we want to share with you this morning. If you have a bulletin, on the back side of that are some notes, and we invite you to join along with us tonight as we talk about, uh, or this morning, as we talk about building stronger bonds in our marriage. And uh, this is not an exhaustive list. I want to say two things here as we get started. This is not an exhaustive list. We know that there may be more. Um, and this, this list contains certain assumptions, like you all know in order to have a healthy marriage, you need to love each other, right? You, under, you understand that? Okay. So we know that, you know, the, the basis of our relationships built on the premise of love. So we start there, but uh, we're going to give you four, uh, four states of being. Jesus had a sermon in the, in the New Testament where he talked about uh, the blessedness of certain characteristics and qualities. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in spirit. And they called them the Beatitudes. So we have here for you this morning four states of being uh, that we want to share with you today. And we're going to call these the Beatitudes of marriage. So these are four things that we need to be if we're going to have uh, uh, healthy and strong marriages. Now, my second thing that I wanted to reiterate as we start off on this message is this. This is not just for married people, okay? If you are single, if you're searching, uh, we want this to be a visionary statement for you. I hope that we pray that you'll glean things from this that will become fodder for your prayer life as you're seeking God for direction in your life that you can say, hey, these are the things I need to be looking for. In, in, a, in a mate, in a spouse. These are some things that I need to be looking for. So um, <clears throat> if you're, you know, looking for marriage in the future, and, and certainly these principles are applicable in almost any relationship context, so don't dismiss the message this morning if you're not married. But if you are married, pay particular attention. So with that said, I'm going to ask Pastor Lisa to give us the first of these four uh, Beatitudes here. All right, well, obviously, I'm ready to share with you guys this morning. I mean, I came right up, took the mic from Kellen, ready to go. I don't know. I told him maybe I wanted to sing a song. I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to be part of. But anyway, and I'm also learning today. Bear with me. I'm a little short to be on this stool. I was just going, is the floor still there? Like, I mean, really, I'm like, okay, these stools are awesome. But I'm excited because I'm excited about the topic that we're talking about today. Are y'all excited? God is good. God is is good. God good in your life? Amen. Amen. All right. So um, I'm going to try not to tell all of your secrets today. I'm going to try to hold it together and stick to my notes, you know. But, you know, the wife has got the microphone here, so I'm a little bit excited, you know. 
and but, I provide lots of ammunition. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just want to say, first of all, though, that, you know, when we're talking about marriage, you know, my heart kind of goes out. And I wrote this down in my paper. And I just wanted to say to you this morning as a church that no matter where you are in your journey, okay, with marriage, relationships, I just want to tell you, you might be walking through a divorce, you might be walking through conflict in your marriage or whatever. I want to remind you this morning that God always has something better than what has been taken from you. If you're living according to the Word of God and you have been allowing the promises and the solid Word of God to control your actions, I promise God always has something better for you than what has been taken from you. He will forgive, and He's asking you this morning to move forward, whatever it is, let it go, forgive yourself, and trust God always, okay? And the first thing we're going to talk about this morning is be aware. Uh, be aware. Now, how many of you would raise your hand and tell me that you have a busy life? All right. Okay. Busy is pretty common in the room today. So we all agree that our life is busy. And I began to think about that word busy. And honestly, you know, really, we could spend a lot of time today just talking about the word busy. All right. But we have got to think about that we need to properly be focusing on our lives. You know, we get up every day, life is busy, and sometimes we just allow ourselves to only be focused on the busy, okay? The to-do list and what we have to do. But if we're just focusing on the busy, then we are not properly focusing on life. And how many of you know we can't just let life happen to us, right? right. We need to get up every day and happen to our life, right. right? We've got to be focused about every step we take and what is happening in our lives. You need to prioritize your busy. Now, when I say that, a lot of times people go back and they're like, oh, I'm busy, so, you know, we're not going to church, and I'm going to give up this, and I'm going to give up that. I want to tell you today that what I want to share with you from the heart is spiritual tips, but I'm also going to share some practical tips, some practical tips that come straight out of the Word of God that will just change your marriage. Yeah. It'll change your home life. And that, first of all, is just to prioritize your busy. And that doesn't mean giving up the things of God. That means cutting off the TV and giving up things that you're just doing just simply because you enjoy them and they're taking up your time. How many of you know we might need to cut off the TV and recognize that our husband, our wife, and our children are in the room, right? We need to lay our phones down and live our life with priority for our spouse and recognize that they're sitting over there in the recliner snoring, right? And realize that God has placed wonderful people in your life. Cut off the TV, lay your phone down, and live your life on purpose. When we are not aware, we are proper. We are when we're not aware that we are proper. Pro, when we're not aware, we are not properly moving forward and focusing in our relationships and in our marriages. I'm busy. Pastor Steve, are you busy? Yes. Our schedules are so packed, but you must get up every day. And make a choice daily to be aware. Everybody say, be aware. be aware. Right. You know what? You're not going to get up every day and get it right. Neither do I. But get up every day and strive to face that day, focusing on your life, focusing on your relationships, and most importantly, focus on your marriage. I want to say, too, that I love spending time with my friends. How many ladies in the room, you've got girlfriends, you've got friends, you love to do things with your friends. But I want to tell you, if you enjoy spending time with your friends more than you enjoy spending time with your spouse, you need to step back and be aware. That's right. The time with your husband, the time with your wife should always come before time with your girlfriends. And you should enjoy that most, spending time Absolutely. with your mate. So I've broken this down into three short areas about being aware. Number one, be aware of yourself, self-awareness. Self-awareness takes courage, right? Self-awareness takes courage because to have self-awareness, you have to be willing to step back and recognize some things that you might not like about yourself. How many of you know when you start having self-awareness and you start looking in the mirror at yourself, uh, and you start comparing that to what God says, you're going to see some things in your life that you just don't like, right? Some things that you need to work on. 
But self-awareness will help you at least recognize those unhealthy behaviors. And we all have them because we're human and we're not perfect. Oftentimes, though, we can blame our spouse for things happening. But the truth is, we haven't really allowed ourselves to be aware that we need to change and that we might need some healing in our own life. We often look to our husband, we look to our wives, we look to our spouses to fix it all. But how many of you know we're not to look to our spouse to fix it all? We're to look to God. We're to look to God and see what God wants to change in us, to see what God wants to heal in us. The Bible says in Psalms 139.24, it says, Search me, O God. Search me, Lord, and know my heart. See if there be any offensive way in me. When you have self-awareness, that's how you're going to pray. You're not always going to pray, Lord, fix my marriage. Lord, just make everything right. Lord, you're going to go in with an attitude in your relationship and be like, God, what am I contributing to this marriage? Mm -hmm. What am I saying? What am I doing, Lord, that you want to change? Search my heart, God, and know me and see if there be anything in me. Because communication is another thing that people talk about a lot when you're talking about marriage. And communication is so important in a relationship. But guess what? When you got married, mind reading is not part of the gift you get when you get married, right? Amen. Anybody get that, right? I mean, come on. Your husband cannot read your mind, and I certainly can't read Preach, his. Girl. I mean, half the time, I just can't even figure out what's going on in his mind. I'm just kidding. It's a mixed but up place. Mind reading is not a gift that you get when you get married, all right? But listen, no matter how good of a communicator you are with your spouse, you cannot communicate something that you don't know. You can't communicate something that you don't know. You must be aware of yourself, and that's where it starts. You can't expect someone else to understand you if you don't even understand you. Martin Luther said, Let the wife make the husband glad to come home, and let, her, and let him make her sorry to see him leave. Oh, come on, we need a lot of alls in here today, I know. Number two, be aware. Be aware of the other person. How many of you know everything in life is a choice? If we go back to that word again, busy, I want to tell you that busy and chaos is a lie from the devil to destroy you to destroy your relationships, and to destroy your marriage. The Bible says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and that does apply to your marriage. Mm -hmm. That does apply to your relationships, okay? If you allow him, the devil will bring busy into your life. He will make sure that you don't have time for your Bible reading and you don't have time for prayer, which, can I tell you, are the very tools that will change your life. They're the very tools that will make you a better husband. They'll make you a better wife. They'll make you a better friend even in your relationships. And I want to throw in here another thing that I believe the Lord laid on my heart that I want families to be aware of. And that is that the devil will cause you oftentimes in that worry, in that chaos, in that busy to become so overcome with worry and fret about your finances, about your income to the point that you can begin to prioritize your finances over the things of God. How many of you know if God, if the devil, if the devil can get you more focused on the material things that you want, you are going to be overcome with fear. You're going to be overcome with worry because you're going to begin to try to figure out ways to get those material things that you want over the things of God. The Word of God says that we're to lay up treasures in heaven. We're to be focused on things above. There's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with having material things. But when your spouse is having to work three jobs to provide things for you that you want materially, you need to step back and prioritize that because that, my friend, is an attack of the enemy. That is an attack of the devil to drive space between the two of you, and you need to pray about that. Be aware that it's a trick and that you need to make sure that you're properly managing and being good stewards before you sacrifice time of your family for your finances. I know a lot of times, you know, in the marriage, we can go into what I call default. 
You know, it's what I talked about when I talked about getting up and being aware and focusing and being aware of every day in your relationship. We don't want to go into the default. We default to whatever seems comfortable. But what we need is an awareness of what is really happening in our relationships day by day. Galatians 6.2, New Living Translation says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way we obey the law of Christ. We are so quick to jump on the train when there's a celebration. Woo, woo. We love to celebrate the celebrations. But let's also be aware of the burdens. Amen. Amen. Yes. Let's also be aware of the burdens. Be aware of each other. We see this defaulting a lot in established relationships, people that have been married a longer time, usually between two people that have been married 23 years or so. We see these defaults happening in these established relationships. The longer people have been together, the more likely they are to create established patterns instead of choosing to be aware that the other person is even there. Let me tell you that you can create you can create anything you want. You can create a great relationship, but you won't build a great relationship and move forward unless you care about the deep feelings and you're aware of the deep feelings of your spouse. And sure. many of you in this room are probably saying, some of your husbands, you're probably saying, well, honey, I know, I know the deep feelings of my wife because she won't let me stop hearing them. <laughs> right? Right? This is not a nagging thing, but this is being aware of the deep feelings and, and what the other person is walking through. That's the thing. If you aren't aware of the other person, you won't meet each other's needs. And how many of you know, if you aren't having your needs met in a relationship, you won't be happy in that relationship. That's right. All right. Can I just share like one real story real quick about our relationship? Are y'all excited? Yeah, I knew you would be. Okay, so sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm just like, okay, really? I'm like a little bit cranky. All right, anybody, any women? Okay, like you get up, like it really is, a, like you get up and you're just like cranky, right? I mean, you know, you got out of the bed and everything is just getting on your nerves. And there's like a ton of stuff I don't like about myself. All right, am I alone? Okay, no, y'all are with me, okay. And I go to Steve, right? I do. I go to Steve because I'm like, I really, I want to communicate here, right? And I go to Steve and I say, honey, you know, I'm really feeling tired today. I'm a little bit emotional. I'm slightly cranky. Um, I'm just struggling today and I just want you to know. And he's like, okay, dear. Yes. Okay. And then, and then it's like, I'm just saying, it's like he sees my last nerve and he wants to touch it. <laughs> Like, it really happens, right? Like, it's he true. sees it. It's true. And I really think, like, I communicated that, but then he wants to touch it. So, here, here's what, here's where, um, you know, the being aware comes in, right? Because I've come to learn that it's not that he wants to touch my last nerve. It's that he wants to fix everything. So, if things aren't just right or I'm feeling a certain way, like there he is, he's hovering, he's doing, he's touching the nerve. But he's a fixer. And he wants to fix everything. He wants to follow me around and he wants to continually ask me what's wrong. And I'm like, honey, I told you this morning when I got up what was wrong, right? I'm just having a day. Like, I woke up like this, you know. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, you need to, you, let's, you need to go over there. But he wants to fix it. And I love that about you, right? So, I've come to learn that. I've come to learn that he's a fixer. And he wants it all to be right. He wants it to be right right now. Right and now. I'm aware of that. And you know what? When we become aware of each other's needs... And, and not only our needs, but the way our spouse deals with things, right? The way they deal with things and the way they handle things, then we're actually going to grow closer and you'll find that you don't have to have fights. You can just have disagreements. That's right. Right? That's really? Right. Really? You, you won't have fights. You'll have disagreements. Right. All right. Number three, be aware of who God is in your relationship. Okay, so marriage won't make you happy, all right? Marriage won't make you happy, but Christ in your marriage makes you joyful. That's right. God is number one. God is our example. 
God is our peace speaker in our relationships. That's right. You will not have true peace and joy and, and stability in your relationships until God is number one. God is the example even in our marriages because in our marriage, we have to have an attitude of serving and not getting. Christ came to serve his church, Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And in return, the church is supposed to freely serve and love him back. <coughs> Ephesians 5, 33, Wives, submit to yourselves, to your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Make God number one. He is your example, and seek to serve instead of being, ser being served in your marriage. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that brings us to our second point and our second state of being here in, in your marriage and in your relationships, and that is to be gracious. Be gracious. As Pastor Lisa spoke, uh, has just spoken of awareness and challenged us to be aware of ourselves and the other person and to be aware of who God is in our relationships. How many of you know that there are certain things about our relationships of which we need no reminder to be aware? How many of you know there are certain things about your spouse, about those around you that you are keenly aware of all the time? It's their, their shortcomings, their faults, the things that they do that irritate us, the disappointments, the idiosyncrasies, all of those things. We, we constantly have those. We, we see those. They, they rub and grate on our human nature. And, and, you know, they, they make living hard, and it makes some of this other stuff that Pastor Lisa was talking about as far as awareness. And, guys, by the way, let me tell you that when your wife comes to you and says, you know, I'm feeling some kind of way, the appropriate answer is not, well, that's stupid. <laughs> All right? It's, it's legitimate, whether it's founded or not. It's, it's a legitimate feeling. So uh, always bear that in mind. But how many of you have a list of things about your spouse that just gets under your skin? <laughs> Thank you for your I, I see that yes. there is no spirit of boldness here in the house this morning. <laughs> but you, you, you could make your own little bless their heart list, right? I mean, I mean, bless their heart, they do this wrong. They, they, they have these peculiar ways. They always need or want what you perceive to be some foolish thing, and you don't understand it. Some of you guys don't understand why your wife needs to spend so much time in the store. You can say amen. So, of, of things which we're keenly aware is that our spouse is not perfect. Now, how many of you can say amen to that? All right, so in how many of those couples did both of you say amen? Right, so what does that tell us? If your spouse said amen to the fact that you're not perfect and you said amen to the fact that they're not perfect, what does that mean? Neither one of you are perfect, right? You're two imperfect people trying to go through life together, you're, you know, you're both right. I'm, I'm so glad that Pastor Lisa covered self-awareness uh, in, in part of that first point because one thing that we've got to realize is that none of us are perfect. None of us are right all the time. None of us are the epitome of what it looks like to be right. And as we discover this about ourselves, it will help us when we look at the faults of our significant others to be gracious towards them. Isn't that what we're, we're here today to celebrate grace, aren't we? Is that, you know, Romans 5.8 says that while we were still sinners, we were broken, we were faulted and flawed, and, and God was disappointed with, with us, with our lives. With, he was grieved by the sin, yet grace was extended to us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we, we cherish that. And not only do we cherish that from God, but we cherish that from other people. I'm really happy. I can tell you all, my wife, bless her heart, 
has something to contend with. Uh, it's not easy being with me as many hours of the day as she is, day in, day out, for decades now. Okay? And I appreciate when she extends grace. As a matter of fact, I expect that grace is going to be extended to me. When she says, why did you do that? Or why this or that? And I say to her, well, it's because of X, Y, and Z, and I didn't mean and this and that. I, my anticipation is that she's going to look at me and say, well, honey, I love you, and I understand that you, know, you didn't mean to, and this and this and this, and, and the grace is just going to be extended. But I've got to be as quick and as ready to look at her and extend grace, to see beyond the fault or the flaw or the disappointment and say, you know what? My love is bigger than that. My, my affection for you is greater than that. And I love you. Listen to this. Be gracious here. Proverbs 17 and 9. Solomon says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. How many of you want love to prosper in your relationships? Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Now, Solomon says here in, in, in the proverb, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Now, I want to tell you something. That is a two-way street. That's a two-way street. When, when you commit to love a person unconditionally, not because they're perfect, not because they always get it right, but just because of who they are, you'll find that your love for that person begins to grow. When you're not focused on the fault and the flaw, but you're, you're focused on the person and you extend grace for the imperfections, your love for that person will begin to grow. As the NLT says, it prospers. And as I said, that's a two-way street. And how many of you ever remember being around someone that you perceived that they just loved you? They loved you unconditionally. They loved you beyond your fault, beyond your flaw. What, what did that do for you? That caused your love for them to flourish. So I'm telling you, as you extend grace to your spouse, your love for them is going to heighten. And as they receive grace from you, their love for you is going to heighten as well. It's going to prosper. It's going to be multiplied. So when, when your spouse understands that you love them without condition, they begin to reciprocate that unconditional love. Let me, how many of you know the, the, the old paradigm that you reap what you sow? And if you reap, if you sow grace, if you expect to receive grace and reap grace from your relationships, you're going to have to be willing to sow. And the, it's not just the A part of this verse that is a two-way street, but it's the B part of this verse as well. And that is where Solomon says, but dwelling on it separates close friends. If if you can't extend grace for the faults of your spouse, it's going to cause a distance in your own heart because all you're going to see is what's wrong, what's not suiting you, what's not pleasing you, and that's going to cause a distance in your heart. Likewise, when your spouse lives under the feeling that they can't do anything right for you and there's never grace extended for them, that's going to cause a separation in their heart as well as your own. Right? Absolutely. So, uh, one other biblical principle, as I said, you know, is, is well to be applied here, and that is you reap what you sow. If you want to reap grace in your marriage, you have to sow grace. If you want to reap forgiveness, then you have to sow forgiveness. Be gracious with your spouse. Here's the deal God is still working on them, and they need that grace. And the truth is, God's still working on me, and I need that grace from them as well. So Pastor Lisa is going to share with us a third principle that's going to help us to be gracious with one another. 
Well, that is to be focused on the positive. And, you know, as Pastor Steve just pointed out, you know, that seems so obvious, so so easy, obvious, you know, be focused on the positive. But the truth is that we are so easily focused on the negative, especially in our relationships. We are focused on the negative. So let's be focused on the positive. And we all know that the Word of God gives us instruction when it comes to our thought life. Okay, and it gives us guidelines on where to focus our thoughts. We see that in Philippians 4 8. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that is certainly applicable to our relationships because every day being aware, being gracious, being focused on the positive in our relationships, we have to focus on those things that are a blessing and a gift to our life. And that's where our thoughts should be in our relationship. Every marriage and every relationship is made up of two imperfect people, as Pastor Steve pointed out. Both of you are imperfect. There are not only the physical challenges to work out in a marriage or relationship, but there's also the spiritual challenges because the devil is always seeking those weak points in your relationship. The devil is always trying to seek out those points of vulnerability in our marriages and in our lives to bring destruction however I can. I want to go back again and say, you know, if there's something that you're unhappy with in your in your marriage, if there's something you're longing for in your marriage, if you want more excitement, more adventure, whatever that is, you know, don't just create that. Build upon that. Build upon that through the principles of the Word of God and get up every day and be aware and be gracious and be positive and go to the Word of God that tells us where to put our thoughts, Mm -hmm. not only in life, but to put our thoughts in that place when we look at our spouse and we live daily with our spouse. I was reading in my Bible the study notes, and I want to share this with y'all because it's so good. It's so true. Listen to this. The devil will exaggerate your spouse's failures and inadequacies. He'll sow suspicion and jealousy. He'll indulge your self-pity, insist that you deserve something better, and hold out the hollow promise that things would be better with someone else. The devil will try to make you believe that. But hear Jesus' words and remember that God can change hearts and God can remove all hardness if we allow him into our hearts and we allow God into our relationships to do a work. Anything that's broken, God can make it whole. Anything that's that's broken, God can make it whole if we believe and have the faith. Amen? That's right. One helpful thing that we can do to be focused on the positive is to write down scriptures that help remind you where to put your thoughts. Write down Philippians 4.8 and every day even applying it to your marriage. Think, today my thoughts are going to be on the good things. My thoughts are going to be on the praiseworthy things. My thoughts are going to be on what's admirable and what's lovely. And that'll help you to write down those scriptures, keep your mind focused on that things. But in addition to the scriptures, right under that, write a list about the things that you know about your spouse that make you love them and that make you feel blessed to have them around. You've got your scriptures. Then begin to make a list of those things specifically about your spouse that, that cause you to love them and cause you to be thankful for them and blessed by them. Now let me say this, okay? How many of you appreciate the things that your spouse does, right? The things your spouse does. They, okay, whatever. They take out the trash. They, they help clean the house. I mean, they right. just do all kinds of amazing things, all the things they do. It's true. But this is not just about what your spouse does. It's not just being thankful for what your spouse does. Be thankful for who they yes. are. Yes. When somebody says to me, you know, Lisa, thank you so much for all you do. I mean, yes, I love, thank you, thank you, that blesses me. But when you get down to the core of who somebody is and you begin to be thankful for who that person is, not just what they do, isn't that amazing? That's right. And it will build in your relationship if you'll do that. Listen to Deuteronomy 4.9. Now, this is message, but I love the way this is written. It says, just make sure that you stay alert. Keep keep close watch over yourselves. Don't forget anything of what you have seen. Don't let your heart wander off. Stay vigilant as long as you keep 
life. Teach what you have seen and heard to your children and your grandchildren. It's powerful when you and your spouse get together and you recall the positive things in your relationship. It's powerful when you and your spouse get together and you recall the victories that you have seen God wrought in your relationship. And when the enemy comes in like a flood and he comes in and he tries to destroy, if you'll join hands and you'll go back to the Word of God and pull out those scriptures of where your thoughts are supposed to be and you'll stand in prayer, you will overcome the attacks of the enemy by faith in Christ Jesus because the enemy has no right in your home and don't let him abide there. That's right. Don't let him abide there. Pull out those tools that God has given you and move forward. Keep that list. Keep those scriptures in a place and hidden in your heart where you can get to it. And when the devil tries to influence you to focus on the negative, you can begin to immediately speak life over your relationship and remind the devil of who you are, of who your spouse is, and that you are covered in the blood of Christ right. Jesus. And there's a That's line right. over the house, uh, over the door of your house, and he cannot enter That's in. That's right. That's right. And if you have a spouse that helps you uphold that, praise God. And if you don't, you stand in the gap as long as it takes and believe God and know that he's a miracle-working God and he will change things in your life. I believe that. As you begin to do this, you're going to find a few things change. And here's a few of those practical things. And I really believe, I've seen them in my own marriage. I know that they make a difference. Here they are. When you do this, you're going to discover that you daily want to remind your spouse of how much you appreciate them. You're not going to just get up and be busy and go to work and just despise your day and head out. You're going to daily want to remind your spouse how much you appreciate them in some way. Just a quick word. You're going to say that you're thankful for the little things and that you're thankful for who they are. And not only that, but... Uh, ladies, you're going to take care of your appearance. And men too. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get up every day or come out every day and you're going to look like a movie star, you know, because we, ha- we are busy and things like that. But you're going to want to be the best you can be for your spouse. You're going to want to be the best you, you can be, and you're going to care about your appearance. And you're going to watch your words. Yeah. And you're going to go back to that place where we talked about and being aware, where you put yourself before the Lord and you say, God, search my heart. And you know what? He is going to search your heart when you ask him to. And he's going to put, the Holy Spirit's going to put his finger on some places in your life where words are coming out of your mouth that shouldn't be coming out to your spouse. That's right. Allow him to change those things in you. It's not a lack of love. How many of you love your spouse? Raise your hand. That's awesome. You need the love. But it's like the love is it's just like the love is just there. It's understood, and, and you love one another. But I want you to listen to this. It's not a lack of love, but a lack of friendship that makes unhappy marriages. It's not the lack of love. You love your spouse. It's the lack of friendship That's right. that makes unhappy marriages. I'm thankful that we're not just in love, but right. we're best friends. We're best friends. That's right. Be friends. You won't always have days where you get this right, and you won't always have days when you even feel strong enough to do this. But listen to this. Here's the beautiful part about having that love and having that friendship in your marriage. A strong marriage. You need to be ready to write this down, okay? And (laughs) later on, you're going to tweet it, okay? Oh, Lord. Anyway, a strong marriage rarely has two strong people at the same time. It's a husband and a wife who take turns being strong for each other in the moments where others are weak. That's the key. That's right. You don't ignore it. You don't put them down. You're aware of it. You care about it. You're gracious in it. You're thinking about those positive things. And I am not kidding you. This is like our, this is like our relationship in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm down... He's strong for me, and he prays for me, and he speaks life over me. And when he's down, I pray for him, and I speak life over him. And together, God can work in that because it's two imperfect people. And that's where it is. A strong marriage rarely has two strong people at the same time. It's a husband and wife who take turns being strong for each other in the moments where others are weak. And some of you, you know, you may laugh at this. You may think it's crazy, but I'm just going to tell you, give it a try. Because we do this actively. We We get up most days. I mean, there's some days we miss, but most days we get up 
and we come together and we look at one another, we're aware of one another, and we share something to each other that we're thankful for. Not just, honey, thank you for taking the trash out. Appreciate you. No, but something about the character of that person that you love and that you're thankful for and that impacts your life. Who you are, their character. And we do, we do this mm -hmm. actively. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you want me to actively do it well, now? Well, you know, I mean, I didn't know if they needed an example, you know, or, or just, you know, if you wanted to say something, it would, Well, I yeah. could say, baby, I just love your spirit of adventure. You make our lives so much fun. And I just love your sweet, caring way. I know that you always want what's best for our family. And you strive to make our home happy every day. Oh, I'm, so, I'm just so much more in love, aren't y'all? Aren't y'all? Oh, it was so good, honey. I love that you are a godly example, not only here at Faith Assembly, but in our home. And that you lead our family into the things of the Lord. And we can have that godly respect for you. And I also love that you do serve as Christ loved and serves the church. Um, it's not just that you do those things, but you serve me with a heart of service every day. And I love you for it. And you are handsome. <sighs> I tell him every day, you're so handsome. And I got him a, a sign that's in the bathroom above his mirror that says, uh, hello, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying that y'all might think that's crazy, but really, if you'll, if you'll do that at some point every day, I'm telling you, you'll defeat the devil. That's you'll right. defeat the devil because you're right. speaking life over one another. That's right. Absolutely. So that brings us to our final, our final state of being here, and um, that is to be thankful. Make that list. Write down those character qualities, those, those things, again, as Pastor Lisa said, not that your spouse does, but who they are. They, they may not always have the capacity to do what they do, but they will always be who they are. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. And you have to build a relationship not on what people do, but who they are. Yes. And you have to love that person for who they are and and write that down make that list and give thanks Paul wrote to the Philippian church pastor Lisa read earlier from Philippians 4 8 and that's revelatory to us what Paul was thinking in Philippians 1 in the first opening few verses of that letter to the Philippian church when he wrote to them and said every time I think of you I think my God. I give thanks to my God for you. Now, understand, this was a conscious choice that Paul made. It, it wasn't just some overwhelming sense of elation that, that came to him. It was a conscious choice made by Paul based on the things upon which he had chose to set his focus. It's not easy. You know, 20, 22, 3, 4, 5 years, some of you 50, 60 years. How many, who in this room has been married over 50 years? You've got the bakers back here. Anybody else? For that, well, 60. It, more than 60? You guys? 64? Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he didn't, Paul didn't feel this way about the people at Philippi because they were so perfect. After 60-some years of waking up to the other person's morning hair <laughs> and breath, you're not just going to feel an overwhelming sense of thanksgiving because of that. His thanksgiving was based on the fact that he chose to dwell on the positives that were present in the life of that church. 
And, and the same will be true for your marriage. And I, I know there are some extraordinary circumstances and situations that call for a different action, and I, I get that. And we're by no means encouraging or advocating for anyone to remain in an abusive or threatening situation. If you're in danger, get out. Okay? But if you just can't seem to come together because of minor petty, and that's usually what 90% of strife in relationships is caused over, petty, preferential, nothing. Somebody said money. We've never argued over money because we've never had any to argue over. But if you're feeling disappointed and disillusioned, if you're frustrated to the end of your wits with that other person, and, and I've, I've got to tell you, we, we pastor the church here, and you know people look on at us, and we got a great social media page, and it shows all the wonderful, loving, great times that we share together. But it's not always perfect, and we don't always get it right. That's right. And sometimes it's a little bit cray-cray. You know what I mean? Especially for me. But if you'll choose to focus on the good instead of the bad and begin to give thanks, yep. thanksgiving will yield an appreciation and a fondness. Thanksgiving changes your heart. Thanksgiving will change your perspective. Not just in your relationship, but almost anything. You know, you can, you can try to keep up with the Joneses all you want if you focus on what they've got, but when you turn your focus to what you have and you begin to thank God for what you have, all of a sudden that raggedy car takes on a different look, right? Because you're thankful for it. And, and when, when things aren't just going your way in the home, but you've chosen to, to focus on the positives, to be aware of the needs of that other person, and to be thankful for them, honestly thankful for them, and express that thanks to them, not only to them, but to God as well, your perspective is going to begin to change. And you're going to see and feel things begin to open up in your heart that is going to bring a strength and a wholeness and a healing to the marital bonds. And again, this is applicable to almost any relationship. But especially, we want to challenge you that are, are married, you're seeking. And in just a minute, we're going, to, we're going to do a little class exercise here. You heard us a little bit ago talking about things that we appreciate about the other person. And I know y'all are real excited here. And tell it but we're going to give you an opportunity in just a minute to stand up look one another in the eye and express that that appreciation for that other person and I just want to say if you are like I said in the beginning if you're in a season where you are single we've said it before but it is true just lift your heart, lift your hands to the Lord and begin to declare things over your own life that you're believing for. Yeah. In that spouse, in that person that you're praying for, begin to declare that over your life because who you marry, who you marry is a large part of the course of your life. Amen? To those of you who are married, it makes a That's large, right. it, is, it is a large decision. And make that decision with God at the center. God at the center and begin to believe things for your life and who God's going to place in your life and your desires of your heart that you want to see in that person. When we get ready to do this, you can begin to declare those things over your own life. Yeah. If you don't, and just like we're, we would make a list over the things uh, that we uh, feel blessed and that, that cause us to feel that love for our spouse, make a list of what you're asking God for in your husband or wife that you're believing for. He sees, He hears, and He knows the desires of your heart. If you live according to His Word and you follow after His heart, He will give you the desires of your heart. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be aware. 
be aware. Don't just float through life. The, the one guy, is, his wife told him, she said, she said, honey, you hadn't told me that you loved me in so long. And he said, listen, I told you when we got married 50 years ago that I loved you. And if anything changed, I'd let you know. <laughs> we can't be like that. We've got to be aware. We can't let life just happen because I'm telling you, life has a way of building distance between people. You've got to be aware. And we've got to be gracious because we're none of us going to wake up tomorrow morning and be perfect unless we've gone to heaven. We've got to focus. We've got to fight for that. We've got to keep our focus honed in on the positives. And then we need to be thankful, to be thankful for one another. Can I tell you one more quick story? The older couple was sitting on the, on the porch in the rocking chair, and they were just sitting there, and the lady says to her husband, she said, Honey, do you remember when you used to whisper sweet things in my ear? And he said, Yeah. She said, Do it again. And he leaned over, and he said, I love you. And she smiled, and he eased back over, and she said, Honey, do you remember when you used to kiss me on the cheek? He said, I do. She said, do it again. And he leaned over and he kissed her on the, ear, on the cheek. And she figured she was on a roll, so she says, she says, honey, do you remember when you used to nibble on my ear? He said, I do. She said, do it again. And the old fella stood up and he started walking into the house. She said, where are you going? He said, I got to go get my teeth. <laughs> Would you stand with us? I want you to take the hand of that person beside you or as Pastor Lisa said think about what you're believing God for not just the looks not the charisma because one day is going to come and you're going to look at one another and age and time is going to have had its effect and the pretty is going to be gone it's already happening to some of us in pretty rapid fashion. But that character and that quality of person is going to remain. And that's what's going to be the thing that you really love. And that's what's going to sustain you, carry you through. So I just want to invite you just to look over at that person next to you. And just say to them, I love you because. And in your own words, you can pronounce that to them. We'll give you just a minute. Pastor Trey will play a little something so it doesn't sound quite so highlighted and pronounced here. And it, at least you're not wearing a microphone, okay? But would you just take a minute, just take a minute right now and do that. Oh, go ahead. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.